Hi and welcome to Dynamics Update. Uh, today it's just me and Gustav. Hello, Gustav. Hello, Johan. Hello. And today we are thinking about uh, going through the release notes for the 2024 Wave release that was released a couple of, of days ago. Yeah, the first first Wave release this year and uh, out of two, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Exactly. So we thought, basically, I mean, uh, looking at the new uh, release cadence that we have, um, and looking at all the material that's coming, uh, we wanted to do a, like a preview episode, perhaps um, you can call it, looking at what is coming, um, and we will look into those uh, specific features uh, as they are released as well, of course. But um, otherwise, if you want and I don't do find more things to do we will be out of a job because we only have four releases per year now so <laughs> this is one exactly of them. and and i think one one important thing that you raise here is that what we see in the web release release notes is not exactly release notes it's more of a a roadmap going forward so if you look through the release notes you will see that most of the features that is coming is coming in february march april or even further uh, ahead and on a lot of them it even says that this is uh, things that we have planned and they may might not even be released if we change our mind so there is yeah. in some cases there are actually disclaimers that say that uh, even though this is something that is in the release wave it might end up in a situation where we need to uh, postpone it even longer or we need to uh, maybe we we even deprecate it before it's even released. It has happened before that things go into preview and then they are deprecated. So, <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. So, I mean, there's a lot to digest here, and we don't want to stretch this out. We will absolutely miss features uh, here in this like summary that we, um, you and I, both come from a technical area. So we'll try to find something from each area, but. Um, be sure to read up on the release plan. There is a nice little PDF document if you want to read it from page one to the uh, to page six hundred and seventy. You can do that, of course. I won't stop you, but you can also. I think there's on YouTube summaries, and of course, it's on Learn as well. So um, uh, you should find whatever you are looking for in your specific area. I think didn't they used to be like three hundred and fifty pages? <laughs> I haven't actually kept the record, but <laughs> no. But I think I think it was something like that. I mean, six hundred and seventy. It's like, wow. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, it's a lot. I, I, maybe they used Copilot to to summarize and learn and put it. Out <laughs> in you should probably use Copilot to summarize the release notes. I, I want one thing I can do is like Control F in a document and see how many times it finds Copilot. Uh, <laughs> that that's a lot of things. Times, I guess. <laughs> 380 times it's mentioned. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, so there is a certain focus. There is a certain focus on Copilot. Then. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, don't dare to type in AI. See how much that's mentioned. Yeah, that's. We are up to 1,000. Yeah, okay. So let's just get started. <laughs> if if you're intolerant to Copilot, you shouldn't probably probably shouldn't read it in that case. No, then I probably should switch careers. I think, but no, I'm not intolerant to Copilot. I, I <laughs> yeah. love Copilot. It's yeah. just uh, yeah. there is it's good. It's everywhere. <clears throat> yes. So uh, let's start at the finance side, and I know the first one is actually uh, a couple of your favorite features. It's it has to do with the uh, business performance. Yeah, exactly. The business performance planning tool. There are so many abbreviations. We have the um, uh, business performance analytics, the BPA. <clears throat> 
uh, and we have the business performance planner tool. I actually tried installing that recently, but uh, it's tied to a, a premium license, so you need to be mindful of that, of course. But the, it looks very promising. It's basically um, what it is. It's a business planning tool. You have a lot of uh, data models in there to uh, drive operational visibility um, and create reports, etc. So. I haven't really been able to try out the tool yet. Unfortunately, I have to do that when it's uh, available to us internally, at least. Uh, but there's a lot that's clear looking at the release plan. There's a lot of investment into that area. Uh, but just be aware that at least right now, it's time to tie to having a premium finance license. And And one thing to mention here is that the premium finance license isn't really uh, defined in a in a very specific manner. So there... I'm also guessing that some of the the AI and copilot related things will probably also end up in the premium license if I were to guess. Yeah, absolutely. And that seems clear. So it will hopefully be more clarified moving on. But apart from that, I think there's a lot of um, nice little features. Uh, I, I, speaking of copilot, I tried to, uh, to leverage the collections um, uh, Copilot because that was really like a clear use case. You could use Copilot to summarize details about a specific collection to like you. Uh, we were missing payment on this specific invoice, which was um, sent to you at this date. It kind of does some of the heavy lifting there by generating um, natural language text for emails and sending it out. So there's an updated coordinated workspace coming um, with a new overview page as well. So Really cool to see how that works and with a timeline summary, basically. So that, that seems to be very demo friendly, at least, uh, on how to actually use Copilot in, in, um, in a real way, uh, not just summarizing text. Yeah, and one thing I noticed as well is that if you look in the, in the, in the planning functionality, there is actually another feature that is powered by Copilot, and that is a cube and, cube and dimension creation or dimension and cube creation. And I think that's a very interesting way because when you look at like the large language models and the and the co-pilots and the and the GPTs that we're working with today, they are very good at generating text, but they're also fairly good at understanding text. So you can actually take a yeah. big, big chunk of text and say, could you please summarize this for me? And it understands what it reads and summarizes it. But in this case, you can actually use it as an interface. You can tell it what kind of cube that you need. And I think that's very, very important because before you might have had to have like a, a data science person building your cubes for you and finding out the dimensions and figuring out all of the ins and outs of, of how to build the cube in an optimal way. But being able to tell and a, a co-pilot means that you don't have to involve another person in it. Yeah, that's really cool. I think that's there's another feature as well on that topic. Uh, we discussed the um, financial tags previously here on this podcast, um, like an e easier data model-wise, an easier way for fin financial dimensions. Um, basically tagging, I think, up to 20, if I remember correctly, uh, on any any supported financial transactions. And, and for each release, they seem to be adding more support for each and every one. The new thing that's coming here is... Um, like a defaulting engine um, you can set up rules to assign automatically these financial tags to your transaction based on the rules that you well there is a real actual rule builder but you can use copilot with so with natural language like type in 
uh, I want to apply this tag to all transactions, all sales transactions coming from this particular customer group or something like that. You can write it in natural language and it will convert it into a rule for you. And I think that's the best use case I've seen on how to really leverage Copilot because you don't need to learn uh, complex, in some ways, um, logic or code uh, to get what you want. You can write it. Um, so in the end, you want that means you and I will be out of the job. Uh, <laughs> sometime soon uh, but i think that's nice that's um that's a feature coming a, a clear um, engine for assigning financial tags yes uh, so the next one i would like to bring up is it's one that we have talked about before but then it actually went on vacation for a while so mm -hmm. it's the it's the archiving feature so it yeah. was in public preview and then it was removed from public preview and now it's back in public preview as of february 2024 and it's scheduled to be released at, in July 2024. So in this case, we start with the, like being able to archive general ledger posted data. So that means that the data that has actually been posted to a journal, then we can actually start to remove things that aren't that aren't in use anymore. That has already been posted and and uh, and uh, booked. So. Yeah, that's really cool. And it's clear as well, if you scroll down to the list uh, of, of um, what's new and planned for each area, it's clear that in every segment, archiving is coming. We have the archiving of tax transactions, archiving from commerce side, archiving in supply chain. So really, it makes a lot of sense, of course, because now a lot of customers have been on the platform for quite a while. So storage, I believe, is not only a problem for whoever pays the fee, it's also a problem for, for engineering and, and infrastructure as well. So And performance, so it nonetheless. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Performance as well. Um, I, I found one hidden, or it's not hidden, but it's, it's lower down in the list of Globalization Studio, uh, which maybe you, you skip that segment because it's a lot of um, specific globalization. But you're, the one thing that's happening is the merging of the Regulatory Configuration Service, the RCS, not to be confused with LCS. <laughs> it's probably built on the same same framework. It looks very identical. But um, RCS is where if you work with electronic reporting, like let's say for e-invoicing purposes or VAT reports or anything like that, um, you could access these, um, well, the configurations and the models and the formats in LCS or RCS, but RCS is now being deprecated. It's being moved to um, to Dataverse, so um, they will shut it down. This is an important date by August first, twenty twenty four. So that's pretty soon. And the um, the ALM part of the well ER basically will be done via Dataverse solutions. So there will be a new repository. So I think from uh, Anyone just working within FNO with ER models, what you will see is that there will be a change in the repository that you use, basically. It will be moved to Dataverse storage instead. Um, and the e-invoicing service design will use, um, it will align um, with the RCS merge timeline, timeline. So that's a big change if you do a lot of um, shared uh, formats and you use RCS, it's important to and if so, you're probably aware of this, but uh, I just found it. Uh, I didn't really, there was, it wasn't a specific topic. Um, so it's important to highlight, I think, the deprecation of RCS. And I had finally started to learn to understand how RCS worked. Yeah, so you can just scrap that now. <laughs> okay, so I need to learn Globalization Studio. 
but that's also no, well, you don't really that's the point the globalization studio you can use of course if you want to but that's a different purpose that's more for for globalization purposes for like localizing specific um, translations labels etc whereas the er repository is more for uh, where you stored your your models basically so um, that will transition into dataverse so hopefully you don't have to learn the globalization studio okay okay <laughs> yes um so uh let's continue with the um what's next well in the list we can go to supply chain i mean there is a lot to be covered in finance of course but we will cover those features as as they are released as well so these were the ones that came top of mind um <laughs> just browsing through the list so I would say supply chain uh, would be the next next area. Uh, and again, Copilot, of course, top of the list. Um, demand planning with Copilot, purchasing decisions with Copilot help. Um, so there's a lot coming there um, to make decision making easier, but it's all based on the data that you have in, in FNO, of course. So um, depends on how you how you're using it. Yep. And and then we also get the updates to to the product information management, the PIM uh, component. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that if you want to discuss it, I just skipped by it basically because um, it didn't look very interesting. Like the headline was um, um, to like a function to prevent export of products based on export restrictions. So you know world is changing markets are changing at any given time a specific set of of uh, wares cannot be sold to a specific country for instance so it's uh, regulatory demands um and you can do this now by just stopping the item there are country based sales restrictions that you can use this feature if i understand correctly is pretty much similar to the tax microservice that's running in Dataverse where you um, you leverage a specific set of rules that you configure in, in Dataverse. So the application will use that and handle um, stopping products basically from being sold or purchased based on your rules, but you manage the rules outside of FNO. Um, so you don't have to, well, to remove the strictness of FNO, I would imagine. So it seems viable. I haven't really encountered this in my own day-to-day um, -day implementations, but I would imagine anything that if you have to do a release to like implement prevention of some products uh, or go in and do changes in your ERP, maybe you can handle that rule set outside instead. The, the head, headline is the manage compliance with export control restrictions, and it's uh, in public preview and end of July, okay. according to the release plan as it is right now. Um, sorry, in July in 2023, so it is in public preview and it's GA in April. That's the plan. But one, one thing you mentioned before, Yvonne, was the um, warehouse management only um, mode as well. What's that? That is the, um, well, basically the warehouse management only mode uh, is already available that you can try out. But it's um, it's a switch that you flip in a legal entity or in an instance, it depends on your setup. Um where you you magically transform Dynamics 365 FNO from an ERP to a WMS system. Uh, it's basically the same as um, Commerce Essentials, Retail Essentials was, where you could you could only use and leverage the specific components for um, for Commerce in that part, but in this case, using the Advanced Warehouse functionality. So 
if you don't need the ERP stuff or you have another ERP, God forbid, um, then that, but then you can still leverage the, the capabilities of um, Dynamics WMS. But I, I think the, the, the nice part and what's coming in the release wave is basically enhancements to this functionality. So it's being improved. Um, in, in, and we will probably see more granular features here coming for each release. Um, but one thing I liked about this is the, uh, the capabilities that it adds uh, around the integration. So it has business events for subscribing to on-hand changes. It has messages for your normal warehouse operations with inbound and outbound messages. So it kind of does a lot of this stuff that we see build, being custom built um, for WMS integrations. Uh, so I'm going to try to invest some time into that. Um, maybe do a separate podcast or a session on that later on. But I think it's really, really cool. So the warehouse management only mode, you will probably see a lot of improvements to um, in release wave one and maybe two as well. Yep. Um, I would like to bring up uh, the next area and that's um, the cross-platform parts, of course, which is uh, near and dear to my heart. Uh, and uh, there are two two ones there. There is, first of all, there is a new, more slipstream way of working with uh, um, virtual entities. So exposing FNO data in Dataverse will be easier to work with going forward. And the second one is one that we have actually talked about in the previous episode, I think, and that's the asynchronous operations for dual write functionality. So being able to make some entities asynchronous instead of synchronous within dual write is uh, mm-hmm. is a good thing. And and yeah. we do we do that because we want to uh, speed up the interface. Because in some cases, uh, when you reg- register a sales order, for instance. That will take a long time because it needs to uh, commit everything to Dataverse and to uh, sales before we can actually get control back in the system for, for FNO. So in that case, it's it's for performance reasons. Yeah, that's really cool. I've seen that as well. Like We have to wait or, God forbid, you run into problems because data is not synced in, in lower tier environments, perhaps. So yeah, that makes total sense to... to um, the use is asynchronous in many cases. I love the the term or the headline as well: hassle-free use of finance and operations data on Dataverse. That's very. Um, it's a gutsy well description. Hassle-free. Uh, it's 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 fairly saying something is hassle-free. It's like a hundred percent commit. Yeah, exactly. That's really. Yeah. Uh, it can't even be, be a little kind of... hassle. <laughs> exactly. No, like none whatsoever. So. So what, what it actually says in the release notes is that virtual table users accessing finance and operations data will experience better performance, automation, and less management, making it an alternative solution for accessing finance and operations data on Power Platform with less effort. Yeah, and that's really cool. I mean, if if that is hassle-free, I, I was more expecting near hassle-free, like near real-time. That would maybe be near hassle-free experience. Nope. But no. Nope. All joking aside, that's really uh, that's a, a very cool uh, functionality that really opens up the whole cross-platform usage. Not only to, let's say you don't have CE, you have maybe Power Apps, just using allowing a direct usage of the virtual entities in a hassle-free way. It opens up a whole ton of possibilities. Yeah, and, and there is also, of course, also a push for. Uh, 
for migrating to Synapse Link instead of using uh, uh, export to Data Lake, because as, as we have mentioned before, that has been deprecated going forward. Yes, exactly. Um, so, I mean, there's a ton. I wanted to jump into commerce. If you don't have anything uh, specific you wanted to bring up on, uh, you had one on human resources, I think. Yes, actually. So we haven't, I think we haven't talked about human resources like ever on this podcast. <laughs> but the reason why I want to bring this up is actually because it has to do with the technical side. So uh, what we get right now is the possibility to integrate human resource with Entra ID. So our our employee database will actually be used as our employee database in the form of Entra ID will be used as a base for information for for um, uh, human resource, and we will also be able to enable and disable accounts in in Entra ID, as I understand it, from from the human resource module, which is cool. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah, you can really streamline the offboarding experience at least where <laughs> you want to disable accounts maybe um and enable them of course i'm not sure how it will work but uh, it makes makes sense because it's really tied into your your entra id um using the 365 microsoft applications yep cool so on commerce side there's a lot happening as well of course um in the different areas i mean just looking at the digital commerce side the e-commerce storefronts it's more like adding functionality. You enable to one, for instance, is the ability to to request order delivery dates and add notes um, to be used. Maybe if you want to order something ahead of time and not just as as you want right now. Some additional features, um, some promotions coming on the site. So I think those we should really revisit those um, uh, storefronts, the built-in ones that you can use. Uh, they have a lot of functionality that you would expect and you can resolve many b2b scenarios as well as b2c of course uh so there's a lot coming in uh, iom as well uh, purchase order orchestration uh, and with my favorite tool store commerce there's a lot of nice little features like um much revolving around mobile devices uh i'm guessing that's I didn't visit the national retail fair uh, i would love to go some year but i'm guessing that's the old um, and the rage with mobile devices but it's like for instance you can um, leverage the built-in camera um, to scan barcodes and qr codes you would previously have to use a specific barcode reader but now you can use the same that's just available in power apps basically you can use that functionality to use your camera um, turning your mobile phone into a store commerce device with has hassle-free i was going to say but less hassle perhaps um and there's uh, Adyen tap to pay you can use in um, uh, mobile devices as well. So a lot ar around like making the store commerce experience or usage easier and maybe um, enabling the mobility in your in your stores to drive digital commerce. A lot yeah. of stuff coming there. Yeah, I really think I really like the 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 including of of the payment terminal within in the term uh, within the post terminal. So that you didn't yeah. have to have a separate card terminal on the side. That's really cool. Yeah, exactly. It opens up a lot of scenarios for for pop up stores or whatever you need to to do, um, and it makes well rollout hopefully um, easier. And I I know, and again, I know I know for a fact in some cases that there have been 
issues with with the communication between the hand terminal and the payment terminal so having them in one is is a good thing i think yeah absolutely and payment scenarios are never hassle free <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> that's just um that's just asking for trouble but uh, and again of course in commerce there's mention of um historical data interestingly enough it's not uh, archiving it's moving historical data to non-indexed tables for reduced costs that to me sounds like archiving i'm not sure why it's why it's described differently but um uh again that, that makes real sense because i mean commerce we already have a couple of storage saving capabilities like um compressing tokens and and so forth but commerce payment transactions can really drive storage costs mm-hmm. if you are not careful yeah, I, I think I think it will actually use the same framework as the other archiving features. So moving it first to non-indexed uh, tables, and then eventually moving it out to a data lake. I think is is the is the end goal. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Like just set up the rules of how you can archive it, and I'm not even I don't dare to go into the legal aspects here. But if you store, as long as you store it somewhere, you should be safe. Yeah. Yep, and I mean that. Of course, you you need to look into that with the legal department. But uh, <laughs> but I think I mean minimizing current data is a good thing, both for both for maintenance, for performance, for storage costs, and also for uh, I mean governance when it comes to uh, not having to save like personal identifiable information yeah. and so on. Is is a good thing because. Eventually, something will happen. Something will leak somewhere, and and then your you have you have issues. So yeah, good legal disclaimer there, Johan. Thank you. So Gustav said you could store it anywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you never want to hear that. No, no, not from Gustav. No, That's good. Not from me. Yeah. Exactly. Don't take also, legal advice from from a podcast. That's from, this man, from this man. <laughs> That's also a good good tip in life. Never take legal advice from a podcast. Unless it's a legal podcast, and maybe not even then. <laughs> uh, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, uh, I, I actually did read uh, one thing uh, outside of the the FNO um, release plan, the Dynamics Three Six Five release plan. I read the Power Platform release plan as well, just to see because it's so much convergence going on right now. You know, so I read up and I found one. I'm not going to go. There's a lot of interesting stuff there as well. So. I suggest to read up on it, and we will most likely come back to some of it as well. But one thing I noticed, um, this is a very technical thing, but that's coming in public preview in March and GA in May, according to release plans. Um, you are able to make direct calls to SQL, SQL Server, um, stored procedures from Power Apps. Previously, you were you had the performance hit of, of uh, running it through a Power Automate. So it's not like very snappy solution you have to wait you can do it but it's not very user experience friendly perhaps but now that's that really opens up a lot of power to power apps doing complexity complex stuff and i know there's a lot of complex and really really uh, thorough power apps out there as well but you can actually call using power fx you can call directly a store procedure using an azure sql um, connector so you add a server database object and then you access them the we joke about like power apps is the new Excel when it comes to complexity. And this really is, uh, will open up a lot of powerful options for power apps. And again, maybe you want, we need to change jobs. Might be that we do. <laughs> Going in and fixing SQL. I actually do know in TSQL. So maybe I can take, 
maybe I can go into fixing those broken stored procedures. Yes, and and one thing I would like to raise as well is something that is called in the real estate uh, that is called uh, enterprise data activation, which I yeah. think is really cool because, I mean, the whole point of of Fabric and and One Lake and whatever is that we we collect data in in one place from multiple different sources and having uh, being able to use natural language to query tables uh and and uh, compare things and and um, join things together i think it's a really really good thing yeah absolutely really cool but i think that we need to do another podcast for just the power platform enhancements as well maybe bring in a colleague to discuss this yes. ce stuff yep yep so i think uh, we are actually at the end of today's pod but uh, yeah. we will return uh, in a couple of weeks with a new podcast. And we have a couple of really, really great uh, interviews coming up. So uh, stay tuned for those. And by that, bye-bye. Bye-bye.